right, guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And with me today, I have, oh, I guess, like uh, my social media mom friend. It's crazy. We, we crossed paths last year in July, like June, July. And it's amazing to me how much support you can gain from someone that you don't even know, like in real life, I guess, like face to face, but she's absolutely, she's just a doll. She is so positive all the time. So supportive, uh, big into self-love. I'm just so thankful for her and all our common stuff like our brogan and dr Rhonda patrick and our air fryers um but she's a massage therapist she's she's just a lovely person inside and out so with me today i have kayla harrington thank you for joining us on the podcast and thank you for taking time out of your day um but before we go into the podcast and i you know Kayla will share her story. I want you guys to close your eyes and repeat after me. So I love myself. Imagine the best version of you possible. That's who you really are. Let go of any part of you that doesn't believe it. Know your worth. Know that you're enough. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. All right, guys. So we're going to, I hope this episode really hits home for many of you. Um, We're going to dive into diet culture and body dysmorphia, binge eating, and just, you know, just hopefully nail down on some things that we've been asked to share about. But I feel with Kayla's story that we'll be able to bring to light a lot, especially as a mom and as a woman and just as a person, as a human being, you know, we go through so many uh, times maybe of darkness and uncertainty with ourselves um, and healing is such a struggle, especially when we don't want to be seen as, you know, imperfect or that we don't have it all together. So Kayla, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, I'm going to, you know, pass you on the mic (laughs) through Zoom, and um, we'll just start from there. Great. Thank you so much um, for having me on here. I'm very excited. Um, I will be sharing something that only very few people know um, about me, and I think that is because I've just been afraid to tell others. and I don't know why. I just feel like it's still, there's such a, like a bad stigma with um, eating disorders. And there's like a certain type of person that you um, have to be in order to have one. Um, but right. I think mine kind of stems back all the way back into when I was like a kid, just um, not really loving the way I looked. And even though I was very active, I was still um not like the skinniest person and I guess like that then that was like a really big deal um thin was in and um that was not me I've always been um more on like the muscular side I played soccer for 15 years and 
Um, I just didn't really love how I looked. I wasn't um, like the popular kid or whatever that even means anymore. Yeah. But um, I right. think <laughs> it was, yeah, that doesn't even matter. Um, but I think like my, that was just the very beginning of me not loving myself um, the way I should have. And that I wish I would have known to do back then. Um, but I think the very beginning of like what you could quote unquote call like bulimia, eating disorder, body dysmorphia was um, started in college. I became really unhealthy. Um, I wasn't playing sports anymore. I wasn't doing any sort of fitness really. Uh, I was eating super poorly and um, binge drinking a lot because apparently that's what you're supposed to do in college. And um, I ended right. up with, yeah, not super healthy, not something that I partake in anymore, but um, I ended up going to the doctor one day for low back pain and they didn't know what it was. Um, so they, I think they did a couple of tests and they were like, you potentially have like endometriosis, but we don't really know what's going on. Here's some hydrocodone. So um, I ended up taking a few of those and um, it just like made me really nauseous because then the low back pain I was experiencing um, turned into nausea. Every time I would eat, it would make me throw up. So that was like the beginning of it because obviously I was noticing that I was losing weight because I was sick, but I was like, Oh, I'm losing weight. This is a good thing. And then it just, that's when the real switch happened. I think was um, starting to be a bulimic was that I would binge eat and um, all the unhealthy foods obviously, because I'm also not a wealthy college student at this point. Um, and then would throw up because that's what I had been doing for the last however long before that, because I was actually sick. And this lasted for probably, see, I was like 20 years old at that point, probably until I was like 25. So it was like five years of like, almost every time I would eat, um, I would excuse myself later, just saying that I had to use the restroom and I would purge every, almost every time. The times that I didn't were the times that I was like heavily controlling the food that I was intaking. Um, which obviously is not healthy either. Um, I went through a lot of, um, like the diet, whatever, like vegan, vegetarian, paleo, keto, everything, just saying that it was like me trying to figure out like my allergies. And like, while I do have sensitivities and stuff to food, it was not at the point where I needed to restrict what I was eating that much. So it was like kind of a combination of like heavily restricting foods, but also purging however many times a day. Um, and yeah, that last until 
25. Honestly, the day that I found out that I was pregnant um, with my son. So I like, I'm gonna cry about this apparently. Um, and I realized that um, in order for him to have all the nutrition that he needed to grow, I could not allow myself to be um, purging as much as I was or at all. So that was, that was the last time for nine months, 10 months um, that I had done that. And then after that, it was kind of just a sporadic thing. Um, holidays were really hard. Um, there was just obviously a lot of eating and drinking involved with those activities and I didn't know what to do. Um, I would eat to the point that I would just feel so uncomfortable that the only thing I, I knew to do was to get rid of it. Um, so I think not last year, but two years ago, maybe 2019, first year in nine years that I had not purged after a holiday meal. And that was like probably the biggest thing for me. Um, by this point, I had um, been with a personal trainer for uh, nine months. And so I had been learning to choose healthy foods that fueled my body and allowed me to eat enough to sustain the lifestyle that I was living, which was heavily working out, um, more so for like my mental health, um, but also for my physical health. Um, so needing those calories, needing the carbs, the fats, the proteins, everything to fuel my body rather than um, what I was doing before. Um, so yeah, so this will be probably two years since I have been in recovery from that. Um, I'm like really freaking proud of myself. I'm it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, no, I, I'm so proud of you. It's been, it's been really I'm over hard. here trying not to cry. <laughs> I know I am like <laughs> struggling over here as well. Um, just because I know how many people are through this and, um, I have talked to so many people who are in this situation, me not telling them what I have gone through, but just listening to, um, their experience and, um, knowing that this is going to be so, um, beneficial for them. So yeah. That's like the basis outline of the last like almost decade. I feel like as you were telling your story, I was listening to myself and I was totally trying not to break down what so no one can hear me. So you were able to share your story, but it's amazing to me how many of us suffer and try to not even talk about it, like keep it under wraps and, you know, believing it's okay. And we'll just get through it. Um, and it's not a big deal, but 
I mean, first off, congratulations to you for going. That's just a large victory, not purging, um, not vomiting. That is when you're not on the other side, when you're on the other side and don't understand, it is a bigger victory than people can imagine. Like, oh my God, I can't tell you where you pretty much hit the nail. Like it, it took me until being pregnant of Lincoln, but there's, I mean, there's still times where I feel like an urge. I know it, I can sense it. And I'm like, you need to stay away. Like I have, because it's, it really is. It's a trigger. It's not something that disappears or, you know, goes, goes away. It lives within you. It, it, it'll haunt you, but it's how, how you adjust to it, how you like are willing to heal if you're willing to heal and changing your mindset. Um, and, and knowing those little triggers and knowing how to work around them. Um, because it really is hard. It, oh my, it's, it's like, you feel like. It's like, you're almost like trapped within it yes. for so long that sometimes it doesn't, you don't even think about it. It's just like a reflex. Yeah. Like you, you eat and then that, that's what you do. But trying to even, even just like one meal, one day is a huge deal huge deal and yeah it is something that doesn't ever go away and um there's definitely days where I still feel like I'm in the midst of that and I just honestly I have to have a conversation with my husband and like this is how I'm feeling I want to let you know so I have some sort of accountability and just know that um, this is something that I'm struggling with at this moment because he was the first person to even say something to me about it. Um, and I honestly couldn't be more thankful for him. Um, he never judged me. He never was like this, there's something wrong with you other than the fact that like, this is not okay. Like, obviously the eating disorder like doesn't define you. There's nothing wrong with you as a person, but like the, the way you're dealing with how you're feeling has to change because it's unsafe and it's unhealthy. Um, so yeah, when I feel like, um, I'm triggered by something in this aspect, that's what I have to do. I am, having that conversation with him, whether it's sometimes weekly, maybe it's monthly, um, but it is a conversation that we have and he's very supportive of it. Um, and so I am really thankful for that. And I think that is so important to have, whether it's your spouse or just somebody that, you know, that's going to hold you accountable because I, I literally, when you talk, I feel like it's me <laughs> like talking, like it's like a doppelganger, like some twin from another life. Um, because Mike, I know Mike is such my supports is like, I'm over here, like trying not to cry, but without him, 
I don't know where I would be. And, so, and that's why I, and I tell my mom, like I was telling her the other day, like I, he can get under my skin and he aggravates me, but without him, I have no idea what my life would look like right now because he helped me. Like he helped me get out of my like darkest times. And, and, and until this day, I even tell him, like, I'm not, like you just said, I'm not doing well right now. And what, you know, I know I hear, and we talk about self-love and self-acceptance and that doesn't mean I don't accept myself. I just have accepted the way I am. And so I've learned to live with it and what will help. Um, because you know, eating disorders, they affect 9% of the population worldwide. And we don't talk about it enough. We, we just, it plays such a big part in diet culture where it's okay to have one. It may, it seems like it's so, Oh yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. I mean, if you want to look a certain way, you, you know, you can achieve your goals easily. If you just do this, the same thing with diet pills, um, and, 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 or fat burners, but we think it's okay. When in reality, I mean, you puking over a toilet or not eating at all is an issue. It's a real life issue. And many of us, you know, and I know a few women who are even moms that deal with it still and teenagers, it's like, when is it going to stop? When is this not, you know, where we're going to talk about it and this is not okay. It's not okay to do it. And it's okay to talk about it. It's okay not to have control over your body and your mind. And these are the correct steps that you can implement, or at least it's okay to reach out for help. Cause I think that's the biggest one. Like we're so, Oh, if I tell somebody they're going to think I'm crazy or they're going to try putting me in a mental institution when that's not the case, like it's, it's real life, you know, it's just, it's like, it's, it's the same thing as someone having like an OCD, like how we need to treat it more. We need to talk about it more. There needs to be more resources and yeah, it's coming to light a little bit more because of the body image movement and the body positivity, but, um, it's taking this long and, 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 you know, women like you and I who come on and are okay with sharing our stories and hoping that someone is hearing this and is like, you know what, this is me and it's not okay. I need to change this. Um, what can I do? You know, where I'm finally ready to seek help or I'm ready to reach out to my spouse or family for support and how to get through this. Um, because I can go ahead. I feel like it's so interesting too, um, that it, I, it can happen at such an early age as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, they play videos in school about kids who have anorexia and, um, it gets so bad that they end up in the hospital and that's like one of the major eating disorders that they talk about, but that's not what it looks like on everybody. Right. They don't talk about, um, athletes having eating disorders or moms having eating disorders or, you know, they think it's, Oh, these teenagers, like gymnasts, swimmers, like wrestlers, that sort of thing. And it's like, it looks so different on everybody. It could be somebody who has depression or um, somebody who is 
like, I don't know, ends up like me with like something they go into the doctor for and it turns into something way different, you know? And there doesn't seem like there's a lot of places to go where you're not going to be judged for a, how you ended up in this situation. Um, or that's not super, super expensive, like a treatment center or something. There doesn't seem to be like an in-between. Right. Right. And I mean, if we, we get, if we really get down to it, I mean, when you have a eating disorder or translates, really, it starts with body dysmorphia, right? Because you're perceiving yourself in a flawed way. And I mean, body dysmorphia can be, it doesn't only pertain to eating disorders. I know lots of times that's what we associate it with, right. but it, it can be a list of things. Um, it just really how you examine your appearance. It could be, maybe you have a big nose and you think if you walk into a room, that's what everybody's looking at. Um, but that's where it really, I mean, for us who have suffered with some kind of eating disorder, that's where it generally starts. Like you might look different. You might be a little bit muscular and, and then you start to ask why, why me? Why do I have to look like this? Why do I have the big legs? I can't, I can't tell you how much I hated my thick quads, playing softball. I hated them. And now it's like, I love them. (laughs) They're like, Oh my God. Like, but it took me such a long time because the magazines I went through the soap operas I watched, um, with my mom, just like the, uh, the infomercials, you know, all this fitness stuff and what women have to look like, you know, they were always skinny. Um, you know, uh, the commercials on TV, you know, the list goes on and on and on. You don't see, I've never seen anyone, whether it was watching some kind of program where it was like beautiful comes in every shape, beautiful. You don't have to be thin to be healthy, um, internally and, in your outer appearance, but you know, we, and then with, you know, diet culture and their whole worth of, it amazes me. Their worth is $72 billion and we're okay with it as human beings. We're like, Oh yeah, that's not a big deal. But it really just starts there. I mean, they are, (laughs) it's like, they're the cause and the root, you know, and, and, and it's not going to stop because look at us, we're older. And then the generations now are still suffering through it. Right. Um, More and more product and more and more ways of introducing that sort of style to our young people in a way that makes it fun that makes it appealing and that makes it okay like I I have this conversation with my husband so often of just like we we cannot talk about our bodies in a negative way first of all for ourselves but second of all for our children because they already see it in so many different aspects um so we need to be the center for talking about things in a positive healthy manner um because I don't want them to get into 
a way of viewing themselves where they think that taking supplements and stuff like that is okay for them. Right. And kids are like magnets. And I mean, that's why I was talking about the socialization stage. And really it's, that's where the core of it starts. I mean, not just the home, but obviously they're exposed to things they'll learn in school and their friends, but the home is such a big part of their growth. Um, and if it's like, if I stand in front of the mirror and I, and I'm like tugging myself and like slapping myself across the face and here comes Lily, what is she going to think? You know, how is she going to feel? Or if I'm hunched over and both my kids happen to open the door because I didn't lock in, they see me vomiting. What is that going to process in their mind? Um, it, all it, it's going to do, it's just going to lead them down a path that I, you know, that I put myself through. Um, right. But exactly. it's just like, it's like, honestly, the diet culture throughout the years has made us just be- come to believe so many things. Like you need to have a flat stomach and visible abs to be sexy. Um, and like body wraps and diet pills. And I know I had stalked you a little bit. I, which I stalk everybody, but <laughs> that I that's on the podcast just to get to know you guys a little bit better. But with the whole wraps and a certain company, um, thinking this, you know, this is going to help. Um, and, and in reality, when we we try them, like the same way with diet pills, it's there's not a magic pill out there. Um, no. There's no overnight success. Um, and then your body needs to change with the season. I don't know how many times I, I get so irritated now hearing this. Oh, I'm summer body ready. You know, I'm worthy of wearing a bathing suit. Now it's okay. Or in the summer, it's okay. In the winter, I can wear sweaters and pack a little bit of pounds. Cause I have, you know, uh, January, February, March, April, whatever to get ready for summer body. We associate all these things. And a lot of us still say it. I mean, just because it's part of the culture and how society has made us think and has wired our minds and in, in our conscious to thinking it's okay. This is how to be, um, right. that skipping meals is normal. Ah, saving calories before drinking or having a cheat meal is normal. Yeah. Um, saying, I say no to social events because you're dieting is something you should do. And I've done that. I've absolutely done that. Um, that weight yeah. And I mean, that's why I'm going, like, I'm like, I, I wrote all this that. stuff down and it's like, how come I could say yes to all of this? Yeah. You know, the weight loss should be praised as the most impressive thing that you could do. You lost weight. So she's like, you know, oh my God, we should go follow her. We should be just like her. That shouldn't be the only thing you're known for. Your worth exactly. is determined by your weight. You know, um, only certain body sizes, types, shapes can wear certain types of clothes or show more skin. Carbs are the devil. <laughs> um, dieting and restricting is the only solution. When in reality, all bodies deserve respect, whether right. you're thin, uh, you're curvy, you know, the beauty standards are not a prerequisite to, to respect, to your self-worth, to your self-love. Um, but I mean, they, they ingrained in us for so long to be a certain way. So now, and then, so now just like it's programmed in so many, um, and it's very few that start to realize like, Hey, this isn't right. Like this is the, this is the root and the cause 
for my problems. Like, you know, like you and I, like sitting here talking about bulimia, um, and, and how it affected such a dark time in your life, you know? Um, but now you're here and you're, you've healed and you have won some victories and huge victories, especially if you have, you're listening, you have no idea how we're feeling. Like it is a big victory. It's Um, it's, like you said it earlier. It's like so impulsive. Like that's the first thing you want to do. Like you feel on edge, you get anxious, like your anxiety levels are out the roof because you, you want, you want to so bad, but just not to is such, such a liberating feeling and freedom really when you have control over it. Um, and, and it brings some sort of, um, peace that maybe you didn't have before knowing that you have the opportunity, but didn't take it, you know? Right. You have the opportunity to um, get rid of everything you just ingested, but we're strong in that moment. And I think that for me, yeah, it brings so much peace knowing that I'm on the other side of that. Yeah, it's just, you feel whole, like... Like you can breathe. Yeah. You could just, you can go out and enjoy yourselves. You can enjoy your family. You can enjoy your kids without having that little, you know, voice in the back of your mind telling you, okay, excuse yourself or don't eat that. Um, right. Or if you eat that, yeah, go ahead and eat that. And then we'll take care of it later. Um, right. And like planning, this is the worst part is that like planning what, when you were going to do it and where, Mm -hmm. um, I remember going to, um, restaurants or like, even when I moved out and coming back home, um, and honestly, sometimes even in massage school, um, just being like, okay, everyone is not noticing what I'm doing. Now Mm -hmm. I can go take care of this or like not having to plan that out and have that piece of worry and anxiety and um, just that like nagging persistence, hey, you got to go do this, is so freaking liberating. Yeah, you get so good at being sneaky. Which is terrible. Yeah, (laughs) and it's scary. It's scary because then it's like, well, what what else am I capable of? Right. Well, if I could do what? this and right. I can get away with this, what else can I do? Right. Exactly. I, <clears throat> I remember I was so good at it until I got caught up. I used to work on the line at Red Lobster in college. It was one of my f- first jobs ever. I used to work at Red Lobster. It was about, I don't know, 30 minutes from school. I One of the girls on the softball team also worked there. So we would have the same schedule. But I was on fat loss pills and hadn't eight for days. I can't even remember. I didn't even remember my last meal. I just remember feeling really woozy at work and I'm like, Oh, I'll get through. I'll be fine. And we got rush hour came and everybody's, I was frying stuff and I was the fryer and I'm trying to work through it. And I remember just like on the verge of fainting. And I went to go hand 
one of the girls that was one of the main cooks the plate and it just all it fell on her entire arm and burned her it was like a first degree burn and at that point I was like what the hell is wrong with me yeah what I mean it took pretty much hurting somebody else and then that same night I got to the dorm room and that's when um the girl I worked with she had called the coach she's like there's something wrong with Desiree she's like she's losing her mind like I was look, I was seeing doubles. I couldn't walk. Um, and then I, so I, he rushed me to the ER <clears throat> and they hooked me up with two IVs on both arms. And I'm sure the nurse kind of had some idea of what was going on, but she just said, Oh, maybe you don't feel well. Um, and then the, my coach, I walked out the room and she's like, when's the last time you ate? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, but I was just running off of diet pills, you know, fat loss pills and thinking that was the cool thing to do. You know, um, I wanted to be thin so bad, mm-hmm. um, but it was not in my genetics. Like, and maybe I have to work a little harder, but you know, it wasn't until now where I'm like, okay, like it's okay to be in love with food. Um, it's okay to have a healthy relationship because it is fuel for your body. That's what it is. But we have such an emotional attachment as humans. Um, we have Starbucks down the street, you know, McDonald's that's easy to go to. So I, that's what I was. And I talk about this to my parents because she's like, man, like my mom, they're my grandparents, my great grandparents had farm in Mexico and they would, um, raise their own cattle and have their own vegetables. And she's like, they were so healthy. And I was like, because food was survival, it was fuel. And now we see it as an emotional attachment, right? I have to have the cake. Cause it sounds good. I have to eat the ice cream. Um, but in reality, you don't have to, no, but we don't. just like, we're so like, Oh, that looks really good. You know, all these excuses, I can go down the list, but really it's just emotional right when the healthiest way go ahead the healthiest way to view food is it's fuel right exactly and isn't it so interesting this goes back to something you said previously in just your story but um that we are so much more aware of how we affect others and we care enough to realize how our actions affect others but we don't realize it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we care more more about hurting other people than we do about our own bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and while yes, obviously caring about other people is important, but caring about yourself and what you are doing to yourself is also very, very important. Um, so I just want to kind of mention because also that kind of ties into kind of both of us when we realized that we were pregnant. I mean, again, caring about our child was really, really important for us, but that also led to a piece of healing as well. Um, right. So I just, that's really important to talk about as well. No. Yeah. And I, and even being moms, I mean, and we kind of touched base on this a few podcasts ago, like, 
bipolar dysmorphia eating disorders do run. It's just because you become a mom doesn't mean your past is just erased. Right. Um, we deal with it even more with the pressures of society that we have to look a certain way. We have to meet certain standards. We have to bounce back when you're going to get your pre uh, mom bod back when there's no I pre. So much. <laughs> I, I like cringe. So <laughs> I'm like, your body is not ever going to be the same ever. Right? No matter how many diet pills you take, freaking wraps. Um, it's never going to be the same because you grew a human inside of your body. So I feel like a whole freaking bounce back, bod, whatever needs to die. Yeah. That, I, that, I hate that ideal so much because you're already trying to take care of a new human and figure out what you're doing with your mental and your emotional and your physical state that the pressure of looking like you did before you had a baby is absolutely ridiculous and it's unreasonable it is absolutely unreasonable very very few women have that pre-baby bod very few most women i would say actually i'm not even gonna use that word there, I, for myself, I have sagging skin. I have extra skin in places that it didn't. I have stretch marks. So no, my body is not going to look like it did before I had a baby. And you know what? Thank God, because <laughs> I was so freaking thin and unhealthy that I never want to go back to looking like that. So there's that. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I, 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 when I get messages and it's normally, I don't know if it's just because, cause I don't want to offend anybody, but I, I don't know if it's because they're younger, they're young moms and they're still in that trying to figure out themselves and, you know, trying to fit in with society standards, but it's normally those messages where they're like, oh, I want to be like you when, you know, when I grow up or whatever it is that they say, but they always tend to say, I don't want to look like this. How can I change my body? And I'm just like, how do you, I'm like, okay, how am I going to word this? Um, and tell them, well, you just gave life. That is the most beautiful gift, um, life changing. And you cannot have your body back. It's not going to, I'm internally, especially because you said you're dealing with all the emotional, like the mental aspect of becoming a mother. It is very hard. It's hard to figure yourself out, your identity, trying to better who you are. Um, just, you know, all around you're living for this little human and trying to be the best version of you. Um, but the whole body thing, it's like, you're not going to be the same. It's changed and it should be okay. I know, like you said, I don't want to be who I was pre mom, even, even in my emotional state, my mental state, I am so much better now than I was before. I was like a wreck. <laughs> I was like a, I was a pistol. Yeah. Uh, everything offended me. I was quick to like spit out something to hurt somebody else. I was hurting myself, um, <clears throat> unforgiving with myself. So, but in the grand scheme of things, like 
a woman's body after birth is so beautiful. Like I am just so intrigued by, and that's why I was so thankful for my sister for having me in the room. She was in the room when I delivered, but to get the whole experience and like to visually see the whole thing go down and how really how strong the body is, is beautiful. Yes. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like that baby just came out of you. Uh, it's different to actually view it on the other side. Um, and now it's like, I have even more respect for myself after seeing her and watching her. And, you know, if we can just all break the barriers, um, because really self-validation is the only thing that matters. We can't, we can't keep asking for outside sources to validate us as human beings. It really, all it does is it triggers us. It makes us go down a deep, dark path. Um, and for someone like you and I, thankfully, yeah, it doesn't fulfill you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be constantly searching for the next person or the next thing to validate your experience. How can they validate your experience if you don't even validate your experience? Right. No, that's something that you just it's going to take a long time potentially to work through and to realize that how you're experiencing life, first of all, is beautiful. And it's different from how somebody else experiences life. You're in a different body. You're in a different situation. To realize that what you're going through is just as unique and beautiful as somebody else is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's perfectly said. It really is. It's beautiful. But we get, if I don't, I felt, I sound really, I feel like a lot of us sound like broken records when we're just like, you're beautiful. Like accept it. Um, but it's but true. It, yeah. <laughs> and so if true. the thing is that we're, con- we can, we hear that, but then we see something or we hear something that contradicts um, what we're trying to believe, at least at the moment, or trying to accept about ourselves. But mm-hmm. all these contradicting factors, like, and I tell I tell women all the time, well, who are you following? That because was if my you- next thing, yeah. <laughs> those people, anybody who makes you feel less, unfollow them. Yeah, get that negative energy, negative space off your feed because we spend so much time on social media that if that's what you're intaking that's what you're going to believe right and then with 2020 being as it was we had so much extra time 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 to be on (laughs) social media um and so guess what we did we started you see more people now comparing themselves um there is a large number that you know people that started to you know change their life and um, for the better, but you, with all the downtime we had, you know, you see more of, well, you're supposed to look like this. And, you know, thankfully they're, like I said, with the body positivity and like just self-love, um, there, there is more access to, you know, positive, um, accounts and also information, but still, I mean, when you go and search for loose skin and stretch marks, the first thing to come up on Google 
is how to fix them or change them. Um, yeah. Where you can go for cosmetic procedures. Like, why can't we just accept it and say it's beautiful? Um, right. Rather than, and not just being, not just moms. Cause I mean, if you on a weight loss journey and if you have stretch marks or I know thin girls that are just thin and have stretch marks, it's just part right. of their genetics. Right. Um, it's beautiful. Like don't change yeah. it. Right. Um, and that's why I laugh because I, I told my husband the other day, I said, when I was in middle school, fre- freckles was like frowned upon. If you had freckles, you were weird. Now there's filters <laughs> that make you have freckles because they're beautiful. I'm like, I am so confused. Like if I'm confused, imagine all these younger generations trying to, okay, well every day there's something new. Every day there's a new filter. Every day you can alter the way you look. There's a new way to Photoshop and alter your body image. Um, it's just so much. Yeah. All the time, but they're, they're never changing for you to, you know, accept who you are. They're changing. So they're unreachable. They're unattainable. You can never really truly be perfect because tomorrow your cheekbones need to be different. Exactly. And it's just like, it's exhausting. It is. And I don't know. I really don't know how they even come up with this stuff. Like, how can you not be exhausted as a human being trying to alter another human being? Um, it's a, a lot of wasted energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes it's a movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, like seriously. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we talk about self-love and, you know, your, your recovery, but I want you to go in like now, where do you stand in your journey? Um, I know you shared with us your eating disorder, but is there anything that helped you other than, you know, having your husband there for support? Um, what are little things that, or tips or tricks, or just in general, what have you done to better yourself? Um, so something that I do every morning is I do some journaling. Um, I write down my affirmations. Um, I am strong. I am capable. I am not my anxiety. I am honestly, this one's really good too. It's like, I am a good parent. Um, just things like that. Just so I say them over and over and over. And, um, when I am in the midst of either an anxious episode or like, sometimes I'll feel really depressed, especially during the winter. Um, those things, like I have them written on my mirror when I, cause when I'm in the bathroom, I see them, mm-hmm. I write them in the morning and I see them on my mirror. And that is something that I say over and over and over again until I believe it. So when I am feeling like I'm in a super dark place, that is something that I say because um, I tend to spiral a little bit otherwise. Um, So that's been super helpful for me. Um, So I do the affirmations in the morning. I write down things that I'm really grateful for, um, even small things. Um, today I'm grateful that the sun is shining because it makes me happy, (laughs) but, um, that's been honestly one of the most life-changing things. Um, cause I have always taught my kids, um, and said affirmations with them every day. And I'm like, 
if I'm doing this for them, why don't I do it for myself? So um, I think I've been doing that for almost a year. And that's been really, really great. Um, the second thing that's been helpful along the way, um, probably more so over the last two or three years as um, weight training. Um, I think that is one of the best things for my mental health. Um, it's a it's a space for me time, um, whether my kids are down there or not. Um, it makes me feel strong. It makes me feel capable. It um, obviously brings some endorphins as well. So that's helpful. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just love, I just love the transformation that I'm able to do um, with that. Um, I love improving on how much weight I lift and it's, it's no longer about, um, Hey, I'm down four or five pounds over the last month or so. Um, it's, Hey, I'm up five to 10 pounds on my deadlift or my front squat or something like that. Um, which I think is a more attainable goal for me. Um, at this point, um, I want to be strong. I want to be healthy and, um, that is those two things I think are the most helpful for me. So. I love that you do that with your kids. That's, that's implementing such positivity and for reinforcement too, in their minds, letting them know that they're enough. Right. Because um, uh, really, it's like we said earlier, it starts when, you know, during our childhood. So hearing those things, and even if they're affected by negative outlets, they'll always have that voice in the back of their head telling them, no, you are enough. You're right. capable. Um, and then, oh, yeah, I, it's funny because people will ask me, um, well, you must work out all day long. And I'm like, well, no, it's just for my mental health. I yeah. do it really just, and most of the time, 99% of the time, my kids are either, either in there or they're not, uh, and doing the workouts with me and making right. fun of me oh, while yeah. I'm dying. But <laughs> it really, <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. Cause well, not funny, but, um, I was going to say something, else, but Lily's funny, but what's, what really has helped is that when you are, um, have suffered from either body dysmorphia and with a mixture of an eating disorder, you want control. You have right. this craving for control. So with working out, I'm able con to control that, to control right. what's on the bar, to add or um, take away. And then my body transforming, I'm controlling that. So uh, in, in a healthy manner. So it's, right. you, it's not like an addiction, but it's like you said, like it releases endorphins, this positivity. So you feel better. Um, and yeah, your outer appearances changes too, but your mental state, you're doing it for the right reasons. And it's also helps with, you know, that barrier of like trying to live with um, your past self with having an addiction and like fiending for control with your eating disorder or, or body dysmorphia, whatever, which one, um, right. 
but yeah, the the whole con- like that's why like I I love controlling what it what's on my bar, what dumbbells I use. I just feel better. I know that it I'm using it as a positive outlet. Um, because some people will say like, well, body positivity, like then why do you work out? And it's like, full. that's like a fine line. Cause it's real. It's such, yes, you get benefits from working out with your outer appearance, but it's really fueling your mental state. I mean, especially as a mom now, I need it. I need the extra energy. When I don't, I start to like crumble. I can feel myself like I might be a little on edge with the kids and that's not fair. Um, so even if it's like 15, 20 minutes of high intensity or even just slow hypotrophy or, you know, working what, or if I just wanted to do deadlifts, you know, at least I'm having that time to myself, like you said, whether the kids are there or not, and I'm still able to release whatever I'm holding on to. Um, but yeah, it just, it makes a big difference. And like for the longest time, I'm like, why do I like working out so much? Why is it helping my... <laughs> Uh, eating disorder and it's like because you get to control it too (laughs) you're not um you don't fiend for the the negative you know you fiend for the positive and then you see your body change and then you feel better um and yeah look you look better too but yeah just feeling better internally overall like it's just yeah like you can finally breathe without feeling a weight um weighing you down absolutely yeah, that was definitely like a huge um, eye opener for me. And I'm like, why didn't I struggle with this um, at the same level, I guess, when I was younger? But it's because I I played soccer for so long, year round for years. And that was, I was constantly running. And I mean, I did some, a little bit of lifting in that time, but it was, I didn't have time to think about how my, I don't know, how, if I didn't have fitness, how would I be, you know, um, that was something I definitely controlled. And so when I didn't have that for a gap of time, um, it was weird. And then I just fell right back into it. Like it was easy. Um, but yeah, it, the goal, the goal is not for me, it's not to be losing weight or to, um, look better for anybody else but it's for me to relieve some anxiety and like you were saying this mental health primarily um when I'm having a bad evening or something or a hard I don't want to say bad evening when I'm having a more challenging night with the children and usually that's on me um because of how I'm feeling already I'll kind of, my husband will get home. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to pass these <laughs> lovely, wonderful, <laughs> yeah. um, delightful, um, small humans off to you that I love so dearly. Um, and I need to go downstairs and lift for like 10, 20 minutes just to <laughs> get back to like, a, like an even playing, you know? So I'm not so heightened on my, reactions and my emotions that I can bring myself down in a more positive manner um and he's like okay and I'm like great because I definitely (laughs) need this and it's just gonna be better for everyone if this is what happens um and then I'm fine 
fine. And then the rest of the evening is lovely. And so it's just, I think people underestimate that portion yeah. of weight training or, you know, whatever running or whatever activity that is um, something that you enjoy. Um, yeah. So that's like a huge game changer. So. And I think people rely on it too, because I mean, they don't believe in it and they rely on outside sources, like the diet pills, like the same way we uh, rely on um, medicine to make us feel better. And I was listening to this when Rogan was talking about it on his last podcast. And I was like, it's so true. Like, and you listen to like when he has Dr. Rhonda Patrick and he was like, people tend to look for things that'll make them feel better, whether instead of going down the path that is actually going to help them, like putting in the extra energy to work out, to change their lifestyle, eating better, uh, getting enough sleep. They, we just tend to go down the easy path of here's the diet pills, here's the fat burners, or here's this medicine, whether instead of, Hey, if I do this and this and this X, Y, and Z, I'm going to feel better. I'm not going to need these things. Um, but it's hard. Uh -huh. It's hard to do that. And people don't want to put in the time. Right. You're right. It's just so much easier to take something right. and then expect your body to change. Where maybe it will change, but that's going to be such a short-term negative situation for you because it's not, it's not a long-term solution. If you keep eating right. and eating or whatever, how you're doing, your body is going to change in one way or the other, you know, it's just a, such a short term and it's honestly such a waste of money. <laughs> yeah. We, we are like, we rely on instant gratification. Oh, it's easy now. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to take that. That's instead of the whole delayed gratification. Yeah. It's hard now. And you're going to have to work out and eat healthier and change your life, um, to sustain a healthier lifestyle. But in the end, it's going to be easier. You're going to feel better. You're going to have to take less trips to the doctor's office. Um, you won't have to take that over the counter medication or the prescribed medication. Um, you know, but we, we as human beings, and it's part of the culture is that we want instant gratification. We're like, okay, give me that. I'll pop it. I'll feel better right now. But what about long-term? We always think about the short-term and never about the long-term. It's very few people that do. And those are the people that, that feel better, that can walk in the room. And you're like, you know, that that person loves who they are. They accept themselves and they are light and it radiates versus the person that walks in you're like oh well that's not gonna last long um and we see it all the time and it's and it's not to put to point fingers but yeah it's so hard to see <laughs> and it, i get i feel like if we've seen it more the world in general would be better because right. we tend to see that person and um, even now, like I, I can't tell you, uh, so someone was telling me the other day, oh, you're lucky that you don't get people, um, bashing you or whatever. And I was like, you know, how many things I hear through the grapevine are directed at me in a message, like either, whether it's on a DM or so-and-so said that 
you're a bitch and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Like people will tear you down when you at your highest level. When you're radiating and trying to change the world. Go ahead. No, finish that thought. That's, that's exactly. Oh, yeah. When you're, when you're radiating positivity, when you're, when you love yourself unconditionally, people will try to tear you down for that. And I just, I'm like, that's the problem is that rather than be happy for that person, we go and tear them down instead of, Hey, what are they doing? And I want to do that too, because it seems, it seems like it's helping. It might help me too. And I right. want to get to that level. Right. But exactly. it doesn't work that way most times. No, it doesn't. And I feel like, I don't know if men experience this as much as women, so I can't speak for them. Um, I can only speak for my personal experience. But I remember when I was, it was in the year one of me working with my personal trainer. And because I've met her two times, I wanted to share her name. Uh, her name is Haley Stevens. She's amazing. Um, but uh, I was working with her and I, my husband came home from work one evening and he was like, I don't even want to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. And he was like, somebody told me that um, I should stop what I'm doing because I'm looking too manly. And I was, first of all, I was devastated, but then I was just, and then I was angry that he would even have the courage to say that to my husband, but not to my face, because obviously he's somebody that follows me on social media or knows me right. in town, but didn't have the courage to say it to my face. Um, and then I kind of felt sorry for him. And then ultimately, I'm just like, you know what? I am making changes in myself and I'm getting stronger and other people are noticing. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that bothers them, but that is not about me. That is about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that women get that all the time. Is like when they're trying to make a positive change and they're getting stronger and they're getting healthier or just, you know what, even in general, women's bodies get commented on so much more than men. Right. It seems like, it seems like, yeah, um, no. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> it's honestly, I think it's a lot of unnecessary comments, but um, I'm sure you get that often too. Is like people drop in your DMs and they're like, "Hey, your muscles are looking too manly," or <laughs> whatever, you know? Yeah, like, bulky. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, they're meant to be strong. They're meant to be working in a manner that is strong. So, like, how does how do you classify a muscle as manly? I don't understand. Uh, never once in my massage career have I been like no I'm not going to work on that muscle in a woman because it's too manly you know people don't say that (laughs) I I don't know but they're um owner of street parking Miranda Alcarez she made a post about that on the street parking page and it kind of just hit the nail on everything all the myths you know being too bulky um And as a woman, like, you know, we really just need to change. It takes people like us that are willing to keep going instead of stopping what we're doing just because we're listening to outside sources and, you know, taking that as validation rather than 
instead of listening to that, we continue down the path we're on and that'll eventually hopefully change society's views. But yeah, I don't get, I don't understand. I don't, I really don't wrap my head. I'm like, all right. So if I look bulky and manly, why don't I look like my husband? Like, how come I, how come I still look like a woman? I don't have a beard. I don't have facial hair. Um, I'm kind of confused by the whole idea of it. (laughs) I don't know. But, um, yeah, there's, there's just too much out there. There's too much feeding from different sources and people trying to tear people down. It's like, we tend to work, um, against each other instead of with each other, not all the time, but it seems to be that way more often than none. And I mean, if we were just all just in this together, cause we all, we all face 2020. Um, we all, you know, so at that point it should have been like, you know what, where's the humanity? Where's the sympathy? Where's, you know, the caring, the positivity, not just that year alone, but that year in particular, cause last year did teach us some things and, you know, and it's just like, let's, start rooting and uplifting with one another and learning really just learning because when I see the, there's so many women I look up to, I look up to you, whether it's, um, Miranda or, it, you know, whatever, all the moms, like it's because I'm learning from you. I love to see what you guys bring the light that you're shedding, you know, being authentically yourselves, being okay with not being okay. Like being honest with your feelings, you know, being so transparent. Um, that, that's what changes the world. That's what causes the domino effect. And that's what we all should strive to be like, right? Like more positive, more. And instead of like, it takes, like they say, it takes more energy to frown. It takes more energy to hate than it is to love somebody. Cause love is we're all born with it. It's easy. It's built within us as human beings. It's what we strive for. So why can't we give it more often? It doesn't mean you have to fall in love with that person. It just means be more positive, be more loving, more caring. Um, I just remember along that line, like when I was little, my mom's like, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's so true. Like, why go on someone's page or why say something to somebody else that's just like so negative? Like, that does not uplift, that does not encourage, that does not inspire anyone. Um, any, well, that's the sidebar, but um, <laughs> it doesn't do anyone any good, right? To do, to talk poorly and to talk negatively. If we decided to, only say positive things about somebody think of all the things in the world that could be changed yeah so many things so it would it would just it would be a beautiful sight to see it would and I always hope for that I'm always like well as long as I leave this earth better than how I found it um that if we really had that like idea or that feeling or that mindset um it would be just so much more fulfilling and beautiful and we'll walk taller and feel confident and all the good things absolutely i never would want somebody 
to interact with me and then leave feeling worse than they did before. I always yeah. want to create some sort of vibe or space where people feel safe and um, happier and just more joyous interacting with me than when they arrived. So right. that's always my goal. Yeah. And, and, you know, people like you and uh, women like you, um, I am so thankful and so humbled to follow because seriously, you are just, you're just so sweet. I I am just so, it's just, it's just crazy to me that come this year in June, July, whatever it was that, um, we were able to connect and, um, you're just, such a beautiful person and such a beautiful person that I forgot to say happy belated birthday to, um, I seen that photo of you. I was like, Oh my God, how did I miss that? But sometimes I'm like on and off and I schedule my posts. So I'm like literally not always on my phone, but, um, but you're just so beautiful and so transparent and you always have something positive to say. And that's very rare to find in somebody that regardless of what they went through in their past, they're not holding it against the other person. Um, you just have so much light to give. Um, and I, and I absolutely love that about you. Um, so kind of you. <laughs> but also you're an entrepreneur and it's women's month. So I didn't want to forget, uh, about this one. Cause I, I tend to talk and talk and talk. And then I'm like, at the end, I'm like, Oh, I forgot to ask about this. Um, you're an entrepreneur. So, right. So tell us, tell us what do you do? Um, and where you're located and hopefully, you know, maybe you'll get some new clients. I don't know. (laughs) I wish I was one. I wish you were one too. I would (laughs) love that so much. So when I can visit sometime in the future, um, because that will happen, um, I'll bring my instruments and stuff. Yes. Um, I'm like, just do this for all day. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I am a massage therapist. I'm in Dayton, Washington. And um, this is my, let's see, this is my ninth year practicing. Um, But I was in Seattle for two years before I moved to Dayton. And so I've been here almost seven. Um, but most of my clientele is, um, chronic pain, pre-op, post-op, um, mobility, stability issues. Um, I do sell CBD as well. So if anyone needs that, that's a thing. Oh, very cool. Um, um, yeah, I do a lot of cupping. I do Graston technique. Um, most of my stuff is myofascial. So if you see mobility stuff on my page, um, align massage therapy.datenwa. That is stuff I like to incorporate in my sessions with cups and with grass in. So it's a whole thing. Um, I love it. It is my most absolute passion. And um, I always need to be learning with that. So I'm hoping to take another few classes in the next um, few months. I haven't decided what I am going to do yet because I'm just kind of happy with where I'm at. But um, yeah, that's kind of like an overview of what I do. I love on your business page how you break down movements and like how to warm up properly, um, 
whatever you might be hitting in the gym that day, or you might be feeling a certain way in like a specific body part. Um, I, I, I just love your whole, I love, don't get me wrong. I love your personal page. I love the journey. I love seeing you. I love seeing you work out. Uh, I love seeing your littles, but I love how informative you are on your, on your business page, on your therapist, massage there therapist page. And then when I saw the, um, what is it? The metal thing? Oh, my um, ass. yes. Yeah. I got me flashbacks <laughs> because I used to go to therapy for my horse accident in college and they used to do that to my calves. Oh, and yes. <laughs> I want, I would cry all the time. I'm like, that thing's the devil. It hurts so bad. They would put biofreeze and then like scrape. And I'm like, oh, it feels good, I guess. <laughs> but uh, oh, that's like, that's like muscle scraping, wash off. That's like a whole different thing. Grassin is so, so gentle and it doesn't leave your legs having like the TGI or whatever. It's what I do on my most. I do it on all my clients, but especially on like my most fragile, like people who can't, who can't have like deep tissue, uh, per se, like hands on or uh, deep pressure because of whatever, uh, they're coming in with, or they just don't enjoy it. So mm -hmm. find somebody who does grass in your area. Cause it will be so different and so life changing. So I totally see you on the actual muscle scraping though, because I did that on myself before I got trained in Graston. And it's yeah. freaking <laughs> like, Yeah, and it's just so funny because he was, I remember them and it, I had, I would switch over from a female and male and yeah. they're like, oh, it's not going to hurt. And I'm like, okay, they're, it's very soft. And then he goes in and it's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Oh my God, please stop. Please stop. I don't know what you're doing, but please, please. It hurts so bad. Um, my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I'll have to look into that. I'll have yeah. to, that'll be good for all, like my nerves too. Yeah, I, for sure. Um, but is there anything else you want to share? Anything else regarding, um, whether it's your journey or self-love? Um, any advice, any tips, anything else? Um, I feel like I should have prepared like a nice little like statement for this ending of the podcast, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess give yourself some grace. Um, things don't happen overnight. You didn't um, become who you are overnight and um, just allow yourself some breathing room to think and to settle into this new person that you were becoming because you are already beautiful and perfect just the way you are. And allow yourself to believe that. I think that's my little closing statement because giving yourself some space to heal and learn and adapt is probably everything that you will need. And I am not going to close out with a quote because I think that's absolutely perfect. And you know, it's best not to um, write out or anything because I feel it from the heart. It's genuine. And I love what you just said. I, I 
I love, we do need to give ourselves grace. So I think it was perfect. It was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let them know where to reach you, um, your personal page, any websites, or I'm going to let you give them all that information, your public, or your personal and your business account. Where can they reach you on social media? Um, so my personal account is kharrington.12. Um, that's where I post most of my workouts and all of my like littles and my husband and I and just like things I do on like a normal life basis. Um, but my business Instagram is alignmassagetherapy.dayuwah. And I post um, things I do in my workspace, mobility, stability, um, on my stories. It's, I do post a lot of my workouts just because that's what my followers have requested. So if you follow both, you'll get a little double dose probably, which to be honest, is kind of great. Um, and then if you want to check out any of my services I offer, if you're in the area or if you're out of the area, I do have um, free shipping and stuff for my CBD products that I sell, but that will be at alignmassage.care. Right. I'm going to have to look into that one. Yeah, I, dude. So I do dude. love lotions. I I've had a CBD lotion before and I, it felt really good on my knees because during, especially during the winter, because I have meniscus tears in both the medial, they get kind of oh, yeah. swollen. So, or they just add, you know, they're irritating um, yeah. more than anything, but sure. yeah, yeah. So I have the topicals on there and I have uh, edibles as well. So kind of a full spectrum of things. So yeah, check it out. It's good stuff. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Um, just thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy mom. Um, and being an entrepreneur, <laughs> being a wife, uh, you have so much going on. So I am thankful that we were able to schedule and get you on here and just, you know, share. And I, hopefully this was able to help someone else and help just many hopefully who are, might be suffering or who have suffered who can't who haven't you know maybe they didn't forgive themselves yet for how the way they treated their body or um, you know not bringing to light what's really going on hopefully this will inspire them to be better to love themselves and hopefully change hope so too and I wanted to thank you for having me on here because I absolutely adore you and I totally fangirled out when you messaged me about this so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tell you, that. you know what's funny is that I'm the one that gets so nervous because I'm like I have always been really big on rejection so I'm just like well what if they say no <laughs> or maybe in the future I'm like oh, no, I don't I know guess. if I can handle that um just because I really I just feel like us everyday people, you know, we can, we know how each other, we know how others feel, you know, right. not the people at the top making millions and, you know, these rock stars and pop stars. Um, they can't, it, it's different, you know, it's, it's different to understand, um, to connect. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just so thankful to have you on and before we close off entirely, let me give you guys some discount codes. Um, actually, this company we both adore. Um, she also rocks their gym 
or gym apparel, workout apparel, um, <laughs> head on over to Born Primitive and get yourself some new workout apparel. And they do have their spring collection just around the corner. Um, I know the bras. I love the colors that they're coming out with, but make sure you head on over. And then soon they'll be releasing um, early access. So save at checkout using Fit Mama 10. Um, save your hands by using Wad and Done, the best scripts in the world. They are um, a one-time use, so you don't have to deal with, you know, if it breaks or something malfunctions, uh, really easy. They have great adhesive that you put on. They don't come off at all. Even if you're like me who sweats so much, save at checkout using treasures 10. If you don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar, get yourself some bully gummies using discount code treasures under Lincoln's underscore treasures. I always get that one wrong. I'm like, that's my IG handle. Um, and then last but not least, give some love and support to the brute force community. You can add them at you are brute force, uh, is their IG handle. Get yourself some sandbags, kettlebell sandbags, switch up your workout regimen just a little bit. And I promise you good luck because you'll be sore. Uh, the next day. So I thank you guys. And for those of you who might be listening um, and, you know, finally feel like it's time to reach out to somebody, please do not hesitate to call um, the body dysmorphia or also eating disorder line at 1-800-969-6642. And again, thank you, Kayla, for being on here. Um, I just appreciate you so much. So stay tuned for next week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Love you guys.